I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that. <laughs> I do want to talk just a few minutes. Let me say thank you to our youth leaders, uh, Matt and Tiffany and Chris and Nicole. I think they deserve a hand for their volunteering. <laughs> If you have your Bibles, open to Ecclesiastes this morning, and I'm so proud of this group. It's always an encouragement to see God working uh, in a wonderful way, and it's an encouragement to see them take charge of the service and lead the service. And uh, we're just delighted to uh, be here today, and you're kind of stuck with me. Their speaker uh, canceled kind of the last moment, so uh, you're stuck with me for another Sunday. But I hope what I have to say today will be an encouragement, a challenge to the teenagers and all those that are here. Uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and find chapter 11, please. And we're going to talk just a few minutes here uh, from this book. Have you ever stopped to consider just how many young people uh, in the Bible that God used in a remarkable way? Uh, Ray Pritchard made a list, a short list of some of them. Uh, You have Joseph, who was sold into slavery at the age of 17. And uh, he rose to become one of the rulers of Egypt and later saved his people from starvation. We studied him in the book of Genesis. Uh, You have Gideon. Gideon was just a young man uh, when uh, the Lord used him to rescue Israel from the Midianites. You have David. Uh, David was a teenager uh, tending his father's sheep uh, when he was on on the hillsides of Bethlehem, when he rose up to, to slay Goliath. Uh, Joash became uh, the king of Judah at the age of seven. Imagine that, seven years old. And he reigned 40 years uh, and led the people to a major refurbishing of the temple. Uzziah became the king of Judah when he was only 16 years old. And he reigned for 52 years and was counted as one of the great military leaders of the Bible. In fact, uh, at one point, he led an army of 307,500 fighting men. Uh, Hezekiah was a little bit older. Uh, Hezekiah became king of Judah at the age of 25. Uh, He's considered Judah's greatest king. He reigned for 31 years. Uh, Josiah became the king of Judah when he was only eight years old. Uh, Think about that, moms and dads out there. Uh, He he reigned 40 years and led them in a mighty religious revival. Let me think about Daniel. Uh, Daniel was taken captive as a teenager and led off to Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. And God honored him in a wonderful way and used his life in a a wonderful way. What Ray Pritchard said, and I want you to hear today, is the point must not be missed. God has always used young people to get this message to the world, and he still does today. He's always used young people to get this message to the world, and he still does today. I want you to listen to me today, young person, teenager. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Just as he used you this morning in leading this service, he wants to use you in your life. He wants to use you now. His plan for your life may not be to be a king or a ruler, but nonetheless, he wants to use your life. I speak as one who been, I've been where you are right now. God called me to preach at a very early age. I was at a Thanksgiving youth retreat in the mountains of Tennessee. And it was on that meeting the Lord called me to preach. And I was licensed to preach at the age of 16. How many of you guys are 16? Anybody in this group 16? All right, I see one, two. All right. I was licensed to preach at 16. 
I guess I was uh, licensed to preach and licensed to drive. I guess I was ready to be an evangelist at 16. And uh, I began preaching. I began serving the Lord. And uh, that may not be his plan for your life, but I want you to know he has a plan for your life. And I want you to understand, teenagers, God doesn't want you to wait to serve him. He wants you to he wants you to serve him now. You don't have to wait to surrender your life to him. He wants your life now. You don't have to wait to do all these things for God. He wants to use you now. And I want you to see what the word of God has for you today. And for all of us, I want you, if you're following along here, listen to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And I'm going to give you three words we're going to talk about today. If you can get these three words down, you have the whole message in a nutshell. Let's read the verses together. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, beginning at verse 9. The Bible says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart, Put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Chapter 12, verse 1. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Three words I want you to get down, taken right from the text. Rejoice, remove, remember. Everybody say those with me, would you? Rejoice, remove, remember. Remember, let's say it again. Rejoice, remove, remember. That's the message in a nutshell. Now, what does that mean? Notice what it says. First of all, rejoice, O young man. Rejoice, O young lady, in thy youth. Let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. Rejoice there means brighten up. Cheer up. Cheer up, young man. Cheer up, young lady. It's saying be joyful, be full of joy. Now, some may look at that verse and say, wait a minute. It looks like the second part cancels out the first part. Because the first part says rejoice and, and do all these things and just be happy and do all these things you want to do. Then the second part says, but God's going to judge you. Some people look at that verse and say, well, is that what it's saying? Basically, do what you want to do, but God's going to get you in the end. Is that what God is saying here in his word? Is that what Solomon's writing here in this phrase of the Holy Spirit? Do what you want to do, but God's going to get you. Listen, that's not what's being taught here. Absolutely not. God is not out to wipe all the joy away from your life. He's the one that gave us joy to begin with. He's the one that gave us life to begin with. He's the one that gave us all these wonderful things that we enjoy. He created us to enjoy life. So what's he saying there? I mean, he says, be joyful, cheer up, do these things, desires of your heart. But at the same time, he says, God's going to judge you. What's he saying there? He's saying this. Listen, practice responsible rejoicing. What does that mean? Responsible rejoicing. Well, read the first part of that verse again. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. Now, listen, that is not an encouragement to sin. That is not an encouragement to go on a youthful fling. That is not an encouragement to live out all of our sinful, fleshly desires. We have to be careful with our hearts. We have to be careful with our eyes and our hands and our ears and what we take in. They can easily lead us into sin. But what God is saying is this, young people, enjoy life. Enjoy your youth. But remember, you're going to give an account for your life. 
responsible rejoicing, remembering that life is a gift. We want to remember the creator, the giver of that gift. Real joy comes from having Jesus Christ. That's where real joy is. First of all, do you know him as your savior? Has there been a time in your life you realize you're a sinner, you can't save yourself, and you came in repentance and faith and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? That's where you begin real joy. And then for the Christian, I believe real joy is walking with the Lord in submission and obedience day in and day out, obeying him. Are you surrendered to his will for your life? If you really want to enjoy this season of your life, you need Jesus. And if you have Jesus as your Savior, you need to walk surrendered to him as your Lord each and every day. Listen, a lot of us, we get in a hurry in whatever stage of life we're in. Think about life for a moment. There was a day when you guys, you couldn't wait to get into elementary school. I mean, you were excited about getting into kindergarten. Then you got into kindergarten, you thought, what was I so excited about? Uh, this, I'm going to do this every day. Then, then from elementary school, he said, man, I can't wait to get into junior high. Then you get into junior. I can't wait to get into senior high. Then you get into senior. I can't wait to get into college and you get into college. I can't wait to get done with college and get a career. Then you get in that career. He said, I can't wait to get married. Then you get married. I can't wait to have kids. Then you have kids. I can't wait to retire. Then you retire. Then what? Then what? We're in a hurry to move through the seasons of our life. Listen, enjoy each season of your life. I'm speaking to everybody here. Realize the future will come soon enough. You guys are able to enjoy some things in life right now you'll never be able to enjoy again. All of us who've come through that say, man, if we could go back again. Right? If we could go back again. You guys are there. God says, listen, enjoy this time of your life, but don't forget me. Don't forget me. Serve me. Honor me. Enjoy. Rejoice. As I was reading, John Kirsten says this to all the parents. He said, parents, I think we should tell our kids how wonderful life is, that youth is a special time. I think sometimes we can all we can be so overbearing and so heavy on trying to make sure they don't make a mistake that we take away the glory and joy that youth can bring. Now, I look at it, people, and I see the pressures placed upon young people to perform and to do. I mean, we've got kids that almost need daytimers and blackberries to keep up with their lives. Let them be kids. Let them rejoice. Let them enjoy life. Warren Wearsby said, those of us who are older need to remember that God expects young people to act like young people. If we took the adults or a senior group away and you guys got the mattresses off the bed, begin to wrestle, I'd be worried about you guys. <laughs> but I expect it from this group. Wearsby says the tragedy is that too many older people are trying to act like younger people. That's a totally different message. Now, listen, unless you get the wrong idea today, what it's saying here, what I'm saying is not that only young people can enjoy life. That's not what I'm saying. All of us should be enjoying the life that God gives. He's given us all things richly to enjoy. To truly enjoy them, we have to know Jesus and serve him. But the focus today is upon teenagers, and I want to talk to them some more here from this passage. The first word is rejoice. What was the second word? Do you remember? Remove. Look at verse 10. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart, 
Put away evil from thy flesh for childhood and youth or vanity. Now, sorrow there means vexation, inner pain, anxiety. It's a combination, I'm told, of two words in the Hebrew there. The words are anger and resentment. Now, listen, if you take anger and you add resentment, according to this author, and I think he's right, you know what that equals? Anger. Resentment equals rebellion. Rebellion. That's what it equals. Rebellion. He says, listen, put away sorrow, put away evil. In other words, put away sin from your life. If you want to live a joyful life, get rid of sin. Charles Spurgeon, the old preacher, said youthful sins lay a foundation for age sorrows. Instead of filling your heart and your life with sin and sorrow and vexation, live for the Lord. Build habits of holiness now. Build habits of health now that will last you a lifetime. The last part of that phrase, I don't want you to misunderstand. It says that childhood and youth are vanity. It doesn't mean that they're waste, they're, they're a waste or they're no good. It means they're, it means they're transient. In other words, they're passing away. They're going to be gone very quickly. You're going to look back one day and you mark my words. You're going to look back one day and say, man, where did the time go? Where did my youth go? Where did my teenage years go? They go by quickly. Youth there is the idea of blackness of hair as opposed to graying. It has the idea of the dawning of life. And he's saying, don't throw away the dawning of your life. Don't fill your life with sin. So many teenagers are throwing their lives away. It rejoices my heart. And it should every person in this room to see young men and young ladies standing up, singing praises to God, leading us in prayer, leading us in worship, because our world is filled with teenagers throwing their lives away. Now, listen, Church Life magazine had this article that said in 10 minutes, in 10 minutes, some very disturbing things happened to America's youth. Here are some facts. In 10 minutes, 10 kids will attempt suicide. Think about that. 10 will attempt suicide. 105 will quit school. They'll quit school. 615 high school seniors will smoke marijuana. Think about that. 20 girls between the ages of 15 and 19 will become pregnant. Five of those girls will give birth to illegitimate babies. Eight of those girls will have abortions. The article said those numbers have become quite literally a national crime. Children and youth ages 12 to 20, the group we have before us represented here, use their ages constitute 57 percent of all serious arrests made in America. Fifty seven percent. And the article said the problem is getting worse. So many teenagers are throwing their lives away. I rejoice every time I see a teenager who loves Jesus, who wants to live for Jesus. Listen, teens, don't take that first sip of alcohol. Don't take that first puff of a cigarette or marijuana. Don't take that first look at the porn magazine. Don't think you're strong enough to save your purity in the heat of the moment. You're not. Make up your mind that you're going to live your life for Jesus Christ. Live it for Christ. Is it easy? No. It's not always easy. Is it worth it? A thousand times yes. Those teenagers we just talked about, the ones attempting suicide and smoking marijuana and getting pregnant, those teens, they're the ones sitting next to you in class Monday through Friday. 
They're the ones at the table next to you in the lunchroom. They're the ones you see Friday night at the ball games. You know what they need? They need Jesus. You know Jesus. You know him as your Savior and Lord. You need to reach them with the gospel. You need to point them to Christ. You have avenues and areas in. I'll never have. God's placed you there. And he wants to use you. Will you tell them? Will you teach them? You say, well, that's not the cool thing to do. Listen, they're dying going to hell. Will you tell them the gospel? Will you tell them the gospel story? Maybe somebody like that's here today. Maybe this is you we're describing. I hope you are here. We're glad you're here. And if you are, listen, you need Jesus. We want you to come to Jesus today. He'll give you new life. He'll wipe away the sin from your life. He'll wash you clean. Give you hope and peace and joy. You come to Jesus today. He says rejoice. Remove. Do you remember what the third one is? Remember? Yeah, remember. Yeah. Some of you struggled on tests, so I wanted to help you there. I'm worried about you, by the way. You seem very... Remember. Remember, look at verse uh, 1 of chapter 12. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Notice the second word. It says, remember now. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. The rabbis, I understand, said that Solomon wrote the Song of Solomon when he was a young man. He wrote the book of Proverbs, the majority of it, when he was a middle-aged man. But he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes when he was an old man. And as he comes to the end of this book, I want you to notice what he writes as an old man looking back over his life. And quite a life at that. He says at the very beginning there, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Someone has said, this is a commonly held thing, I believe. Childhood is for fun. Middle age is for work. And old age is for God. That is totally, absolutely wrong. We don't put off God till the end of our lives. He says, you remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And when it says remember, it's not like remember to take your homework with you tomorrow. Remember your ball jersey. The idea, according to Kidner, says it means to drop our pretense of self-sufficiency and commit ourselves to him. It means remember to recognize, pay attention so we can obey him. That's what it means. Remember. Listen, time is quickly passing. Youth is quickly gone. Today, give your life, your all to Jesus Christ. Teenager, give your best to God, not your leftovers. Give your best to God. So many want to live their lives and do what they want to do and have all these things. Then at the very end, say, you know, I'm going to get right with God one day. Well, first of all, it's a very dangerous thing, and it's also a very foolish thing. It's dangerous because the Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Even in our own community, we've been reminded even teenagers die. Do you know Jesus? Are you serving him? A pretty young lady received a box of flowers. From a Mrs. Mack. Now, guys, you wouldn't get all thrilled about a box of flowers, probably, but the young ladies might. And she got that box of flowers. That's an exciting time. She began to unwrap it and she opened it. And she was kind of taken back by what she saw in that box. 
See, the box had roses in it, but the roses were wilted and the petals were beginning to fall. Well, she figured out that probably something had gone wrong with the delivery and they'd been delayed and probably because of the delay and all that went with it. That's what had happened. And that's why they were in such bad shape. Well, she went out about her life that day and she ran into Mrs. Mack on the street. And as she should, she thanked Mrs. Mack for the roses. And she said, oh, it was such a nice thing you, you did. And thank you for sending those. And Mrs. Mack, the older lady, she said this to this young lady. She says, I'm glad you like them. She said, I cut them last Monday and I enjoyed them all week. But this morning I noticed they were beginning to get old and faded. And I thought of you and had them delivered to your door. Isn't that a blessing? Look, Mrs. Mack looked at this young lady and she saw that she had a puzzled look on her face. She saw she was hurt by that comment, as many of us would be. So she continued. Mrs. Mack said, listen, the other evening I was sitting in my car and my husband ran to the drugstore. And she said, as you walked by, I heard you telling somebody that you're going to become a Christian later, not while you were still young. She said, you said you wanted to have a good time first. How selfish. You wish to give the Lord your life after the beauty, after the charm, after the vigor has faded and you become old and wrinkled. She said, I thought the roses would illustrate what you're doing by waiting to give your life to the Lord. And you know what? Thankfully, that young lady got the lesson and it wasn't too long before she accepted Christ as her savior and began serving him with zeal. You and I would never send wilted flowers to anyone. What an insult that would be. We would never serve leftovers to an honored guest in our home. We would give them the very best we had to offer. Why would any of us ever give our leftovers, our least, to the Lord of lords and King of kings, King Jesus? I want to challenge you and hear me. Give your life now, if you haven't already. Give your life now to the Lord. Give Him the best years of your life. And I promise you, if you'll do that, when you look back over your life, you're not going to regret doing it. Rejoice. Enjoy these years. I'm glad you're having a good time. I'm glad you're enjoying life. We're doing our best to facilitate that and help you and help you to learn the word of God and to learn to be prayer warriors and to learn to serve him. Rejoice. But listen, remove from your life sin, temptation. Don't see how far you can get and how close you can get without sinning. Remove the temptation. Remove the sin from your life. And remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Now I'm talking to somebody else here today who might say, you know what? I'm not a teenager. And you might be thinking, I have wasted many years of my life. I've got great news for you, friend. Today you can be redeemed. And you can spend the rest of your life praising and honoring and serving Him. Listen, you've wasted enough time. Come today to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Give your life to Him and serve Him as your Lord and your Savior. Let's pray. Father. We love you and praise you and thank you 
And I thank you, Lord, for these young men and women. I thank you for the part that we're allowed to play in their lives. Father, we love them. We thank you for their leaders. Father, I pray that from this group, that you'll use them to bring many to Christ. That you'll use them in their schools and their activities and their circles of influence to point others for Christ. Help them to fully enjoy this season of their life. Help them to be clean and pure. Help them to look to you and live for you. Lord, help us as a church family to encourage them and help them. And to challenge them to be all they can be for the Lord Jesus. Now, anyone today, Lord, that doesn't know you, whether young or older, middle-aged, I pray today, Lord, during this invitation, they come. I pray for others who maybe have never surrendered their life to Christ. Maybe they... They, they know you, and for a time they served you, but they've grown cold, maybe backslidden. I pray they come today and rededicate their lives to Christ. Father, I pray that you'll just work and move in a mighty way. Thank you for youth. Thank you for these teens. In Jesus' name, amen. The invitation is very simple today as they come, and we have our final song and your song sheet there. If you want to come today and meet Christ, we'd invite you to come. If you want to come today and surrender your life, come today. Whatever the need may be, I'll be down there waiting to greet you and talk with you and pray with you. I want to encourage you to come today and be submissive to God's leading.